0: Need a high end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today we are focusing on purple and blue. So if you've been following our color series, you know we've already covered red and orange, yellow and green. And if you've missed those episodes, Go back and check them out, because by knowing everything about every possible color you could be using in your home, you'll do the best job of picking a color palette for each space that coordinates with your personality and how you want to feel in every room of your home. So go back and check them out, and then as I said, today we're continuing with blue and purple. Thanks for joining me. I'm Betsy Helmuth. This is Big Design, Small Budget. So as you can hear, guys, I'm still a little under the weather as I was last week, but I'm powering through. Let's do this. Let's kick it off with my client's favorite color and indeed the Western Hemisphere's favorite color, blue. One of the theories as to why blue is so popular is because it's really familiar to us. We see it in large doses, be it the sky, be it the ocean, be it bodies of water, certainly not the Hudson River, which I am gazing upon right now. It happens to be a muddy shade of brown. But in a lot of cases, we see large expanses of blue, and so we feel quite safe looking at it. And blue is said to have an expansive quality in terms of if you have a small room and paint it in a shade of light blue, it will feel more expansive. It will feel larger because we're used to gazing at large swaths of this color. So that's a great way to use it as wall paint. The other connotation that it has that I think is a really helpful tool to use in design is that it does connote cleanliness or freshness. So if you have a rental kitchen or bathroom that feels a little bit dingy and a little bit old, incorporate some pops of blue, be it in a shower curtain, bath mat, pot holders. It will help it to feel more fresh and a little bit more clean, even if it is a little worn down. So I love to incorporate it in that way. And blue is just a great color in general for relaxing, for tranquility, but that is also the problem with blue. It can sometimes be too tranquilizing. It can be too calming. So I never like to use this color in a place where I want to be very productive. In a home office, in a gym, in a hobby room, anywhere where I want to be stimulated and super active. It's not the ideal color because it is a color of relaxation. So consider that when you're thinking about where you're going to put these pops of blue. Uh, In terms of shopping… Blue is so versatile and we can find it everywhere. But my favorite and the easiest shade of blue to shop for is navy. Because navy is very forgiving. You can find a navy at JCPenney that's going to go great with a navy from our house, that's going to go spectacularly with a navy from Horchow. And even if they're a little bit different, our eye kind of melds them into one. So even if the shades are slightly off, we really won't notice it won't be that conspicuous. Unlike other shades of blue, when you're talking about teal and aqua, if you don't get a quite similar shade, they can feel very different. One can have a little more green, one can lean a little bit more deep blue, and it starts to look like a mishmash quite easily when you're using different tones of that same teal. The other reason I try and avoid teal, even though it is my favorite color, as you can see from our logo and all of my company's marketing materials, if you go to design.com, you'll see teal everywhere but it's a little trendy quite frankly so when you're using it in your decor i do feel like it's here today gone in two years it's been popular for about two or three years and i think that it's time is going at this point So I worry about embracing teal too strongly, even though my clients are finally coming around to it and getting very excited by it. For a while, there was a resistance. They really liked the color, but didn't really want to incorporate it into their home. And now everybody tells me they want to use teal, but I'm worried. I'm worried it's going to look dated soon. And you might see a change in my logo in a couple years as well. So those are my feelings on blue. Now let's discuss purple. Purple is tough, guys. Purple is a very tricky color to work with. Now, if we're going to get all scientific on it, the reason that purple is a difficult color is because it is the shortest and last visible wavelength in the color spectrum. So it has the highest vibration, and it makes us a little bit uncomfortable. It's not a color that has a lot of stability for us. So that's another reason why it has ties to mysticism, associations with spirituality, and imagination, Uh, you know, if we think about wizards they are always in purple robes, that kind of thing. But it is a color that makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. It's one of the least preferred colors in the entire rainbow. So when you're using it, maybe stick to those smaller 10% doses from the 60-30-10 equation only because most people are not going to feel comfortable or enjoy this color in a space. Now The exciting thing about purple is it combines the serenity of blue with the passion of red. It's said to inspire creativity, it's the color of royalty, so it has really rich, deep connotations. It's great for an art studio, a playroom, a kid's room. I love to use it as a 60 or a 30%. It's the 30% of my daughter's room. We have a purple rug, purple drapes, and pops the purple in the accents. The reason why it also feels uncomfortable, just to add another less scientific reason, is that it's just not commonly found out and about. So when we're looking at nature, we just don't see a lot of purple. So it's not a color that feels organic to us. Not a lot of purple foods. Not a lot of purple plants. So it's just kind of exotic. Uh, It can feel artificial. It can feel uncomfortable. And I think that wall paint in purple is... Dicey situation. It's a large dose of this controversial color. And I feel like purples that are too gray can feel somber and somewhat depressive. Purples that are too red or kind of pinky can feel juvenile and not sophisticated. So it's a very hard color to get right. When you're shopping, when you want to make sure you get it right, skew towards the reddish purples, the ones that read more plum or mauve. Those are the ones that are going to give you that level of sophistication and that are going to be easier to find at lots of different stores. In fact, Crate and Barrel has a beautiful array of purple upholstery choices, as does Room and Board. So there are sophisticated purples, but they tend to mostly be those plum tones. The tones I avoid at all costs, unless you are designing a kid's room, are lilac or periwinkle, those purples that have significantly more blue. Not just because they can be a little depressive or feel a touch juvenile, but the other reason is they're just very hard to match from different stores. So if I'm really set on using Periwinkle as a 30%, I'm going to be hard pressed to find it at a wide array of retailers. So stick with those plums and mauves, and you'll have much better luck whether you're shopping or trying to appeal to a lot of people. So now we are going to have a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to take three listener questions. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My first listener question comes from Trish and Trish writes, Betsy, would you tell me the do's and don'ts with carpeting? Sure, Trish, I'd be happy to. So let's first discuss runners. Um, so stair runners, I have some thoughts on that. First, they need to be fairly low pile. If they're thick or plush, you're going to see the wear. Most of the wear or tread marks come in the middle of the carpeting. Typically, you're not walking on the far side. And so you're going to be able to more clearly see that the higher the pile on your rug. So go for something a little bit shorter. The other thing that you want to do in order to camouflage all the wear and potential shoe dirt is that you'll want to get something with a pattern. If you get a solid, no matter what tone it is, it's really going to betray any sort of discoloration or stains. So getting something with a pattern, even if it's just a very subtle one, will help camouflage any of those issues. My other feeling, whether it's wall-to-wall, or a runner is that you don't want to get anything too dark. Something dark like a graphite or a navy will show every piece of lint, every piece of dust, all the little specks. But of course, you don't want to do anything too light because anything too light like white or cream will show every stain, every mark, every piece of dirt from your shoe. So you do want to go for that mid-tone. Something like a... I don't know, like a kelly green, like a sage, like a golden yellow versus a butter one, um, like a rust orange versus a pale coral. You get my drift. You're going to want to go with a mid-tone with, again, some kind of pattern. Now, I love the idea of going multicolor with a stair runner just because if you do pick a pattern that has three colors or more, it's really going to camouflage the stains. The hard part is you're not going to want to change out this stair runner more than once every 10 or so years. And so it's got to be a pattern that you want to live with for that long. So that is the trick. In my home, I have a two color stair runner and I'm really happy with that. I think if I'd selected something with more colors, it just may not have the longevity in terms of my tastes that I would want it to. So there we go that's my thought on stair runners now let's talk about carpeting when you're using it wall-to-wall i don't think using wall-to-wall carpeting is great for resale so if you have beautiful hardwood floors please 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 don't cover them up but if you don't have beautiful hardwood floors then wall-to-wall carpeting may be the way to go especially if you're just changing out some wall-to-wall carpeting that already exists But let me just put out there before I launch into wall-to-wall carpeting that I do prefer hardwood, but then you use rugs on top of it. So you still get the plushness. You still get the effect of a nice texture, but it's just not all over. The reason I don't like all-over wall-to-wall carpeting is it just never feels clean to me. It just feels like a big allergen trap, doesn't it? And then the problem is if it does get dirty, if it does get stained, it's very hard to clean. Uh, certainly with pet stains, it just grosses me out because there's that pad underneath that you just can't take out and swap out and make it better. So wall-to-wall carpeting just doesn't feel clean enough to me for the amount of time that it's down. That being said, if you're going to go for wall-to-wall carpeting, again, I like something with a lower pile. The higher the pile, the more allergens, dust, and dirt it's going to trap. So of course you're going to stay away from that shag wall-to-wall carpeting because this is not the 70s and 80s. But go for something lower pile. And I actually think something like a Berber, which is quite low pile, typically has a textured woven look so that it has less of that kind of Fluffy carpet look and more of a sisal or jute look while still being soft like a regular carpet, that would be my preferred way to go, just because then it actually has somewhat of a level of sophistication with that texture. And it is a low pile option, which you know I'm going to love. Again, I really avoid doing colorful wall to wall carpeting. Even in a kid's room, I would stick with a neutral. Neutral meaning some kind of gray or beige, only because then you can play with colors with the wall paint or with the window treatments. But colorful carpeting just doesn't give you any options. You're going to keep that carpeting for 5 to 10 years, and so you've got to deal with that blue or... What other color you've chosen, the green tone, and I think that just locks you into something that's a little bit too much of a commitment in a room that you might want to be more versatile. So those are my feelings on wall-to-wall carpeting. Now let's move on to my next question, which comes from a Facebook fan, Donna. Donna writes, Betsy, one of the things I always remember about a home is how it smells. I don't want candles or stuff in some bowl, and I don't necessarily want to plug something in. Any ideas for making your house smell memorable in a good way? So yes, especially because now is the fall and winter season, Donna, I do have ideas for ways to make your home smell amazing. My favorite way, and a way that feels a lot more natural to me, is putting a pot of water on the stove, and then dropping in cloves or orange peels or cinnamon stick or even some vanilla extract and letting it simmer on your stove and just filling your house with that wonderful smell. Now, the only trick here is you have to be home to do that. But I just think in this season, it is such an inviting and cozy thing to do. So I love using those essential oils in there. I also love a scented candle. Now, I don't like those artificial scents, I must say, so I'm always looking for soy candles that use essential oils or natural fragrances rather than anything artificial, which tends to make me stuffy and sneezy even more so than I am today. And that's another reason why I don't like those plugins at all. That artificial scent really makes me drippy. It's like when someone wears too much perfume. I think it can be difficult for your guests because if they have reactions like I do to those artificial scents, they're not going to want to come to your home, at least not without a box of puffs under their arm. So stick to those natural type scents. And you know what else I'm a fan of? I'm a fan of diffusers. Again, I look for the ones that have the natural essential oils, but I really love them. And that's a good way to get a long lasting smell that you don't have to constantly monitor like a simmering pot of water with cloves and orange peels and that you don't have to light like a candle. So hopefully that could be a good option for you. So that way, every time you come home, your house smells amazing. Now for my next question. My next question comes from Tara and she writes, Betsy, how do you warm up your home without changing the wall paint? Ah, oh, Tara, that's such an easy one. Throw me a softball, why don't you? My favorite way to warm up a room without painting the walls because frankly, who wants to paint? Ugh! My favorite way is to hang some drapes. Drapes should ideally go from fairly close to the ceiling all the way down to the floor and they create this wonderful warm texture. Even if you pick something that's in a neutral, just the fabric alone can really add that warmth. But of course, if you want to add even more warmth, you would pick something in a nice color, like a warm burgundy or even a pale yellow. And choosing a different fabric could be fun. So rather than just going for a cotton or poly blend, you could go for a velvet, which would be so sumptuous and rich and just exude that warmth that you're looking for. Or you could go for an open weave linen. Anything that has an interesting texture. And you know, you know mama loves her patterns. So anything that has any kind of line or dot or trellis or stripe, I'm going to be totally into. So that is my favorite way to add warmth. Uh, really adding any fabric to your room will be a big help. So think about a large area rug, which you know I'm a fan of as well, and go get your deals at Overstock, Wayfair, Rugs Direct, Rugs USA, and then pillows. Pillows, pillows, pillows. So I may have a pillow problem. I totally will fess up to that right now, and my husband would be the first to wrap me out. I'm a pillow addict. I have amazing pillows, all from Tarjay, and I love them. And each one was under $20, and they've lasted me for a year, and now I'm getting a little tired of them, and they're looking a little tired themselves. Probably in the next six months, I'm going to switch them out for something else, and I just can't wait. What a bargain, and what a fun way to keep my home lively and interesting, to keep me engaged with design without busting my budget, and also to warm up my space all the time. Whenever I'm feeling I want something fun, I just buy a new pillow. And the other thing that I'm going to be buying another of for the fall season, and I think it's going to be a tradition of mine to buy one every fall season just because I love them so much and it makes me feel so taken care of, it's a self-care shopping moment, is a chunky throw blanket. My favorite chunky throw blankets happen to come from Pottery Barn so they are a little bit of a splurge and I love to get the ones that are oversized larger than usual so that they almost feel like a blanket for a bed rather than just a little throw that barely covers your legs like a beach towel. So I do like those oversized ones, but they have great sales. So I'm always shopping the sale rack. They have ones that are lined. There's just such great options at Pottery Barn, and you know you're going to get something of high quality, unlike the throws I've gotten at West Elm, which feel a little bit flimsy. I also love Quayton Barrel's throws. I just feel like they're kind of overpriced, and they don't have as many wonderful textures and options. So there we go, guys. I hope that's been a help. It's been a pleasure hanging with you as always. Do you have questions? Send them to me. Send them to Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. Also, I want to thank our premium members. You guys are really helping to keep this podcast afloat, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. By becoming a member of our podcast, you get at least one bonus episode every single week. I'm going to be recording one right after this episode. In addition to that bonus content, you get access to our complete archives of over 70 shows. And it's only $3.99 a month, or $19.99 for six months, or $39.99 for an entire year. So please help support us, help offset the cost of creating this podcast, and become a premium member at BigDesignSmallBudget.com. I'd really appreciate it, and I think the content that you're going to be receiving in return is wonderful, if I do say so myself. So a big shout out to Affordable Interior Design, our sponsor, and the premier place to get an amazing look on a tight budget. Thanks so much. Until next week, everyone. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy. Bye.